Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Follow Richard on Twitter at Richard Serrett. For show information, visit the website strangeplanet.ca. We are sovereign peoples on a land mass known as Canada, and the corporation that was uh, done in 1982 is de facto governance over us at this time through our consent. Yes, the police, yes, the politicians, they all swear allegiance to the Queen. But where is the documentation that shows that we, the people of Canada, have given our sovereignty over to her? You can become an official Patreon supporter of my work here at Strange Planet Productions by donating a monthly amount through patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. There are several tiers to choose from. Pick which one is right for you, but any monthly amount is greatly appreciated. As a sign of my appreciation, you can have your name mentioned on air during my weekly radio show, or you could have your name included in a crawl on my YouTube channel live stream. You could also receive episodes of my old podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. This critically acclaimed podcast, produced in partnership with Chris Jericho, is not currently available anywhere else. If you enjoy this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, you can really get behind me and my work by donating once a month at patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Doug Force is with us. He is the executive producer of a, of a documentary film in the pre-production stage. It's called The Myth is Canada. Canada is not what you think. It's a myth, as the name implies. We are not a, a lawfully enacted country. We do not have a, a constitution ratified by the people. We don't have a government for the people, a government du jour. We have de facto governments that basically can do whatever they want without any accountability. That won't come as news to most people. But what underlies that, the mechanism by you know that, that allows for this tyranny, I suppose, is what this film exposes. The myth is Canada. Uh, Doug Force, again, executive producer, writer, researcher, and director. Can I ask how, mu- how much um, you're, you're trying to raise in this crowdfunding? We're looking uh, to raise half a million Canadian dollars, um, and uh, that would put us into theaters uh, for next uh, September. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. Um, the money will, will, will be all of it will be spent uh, creating uh, creating this movie. Sure, um, and uh, and so that's what we're looking to do. That's pretty, you know. That, uh, people think that's a lot of money, and it is certainly. But you know, to make a high quality, um, full length feature, you know, that's not that's you're doing it um, not on the cheap. But you, I mean, it's going to be all the money, as you say, is going to be poured into what we see on the screen is going to be reflected by you know the, the donations. So, oh, absolutely. So you um, you're going. To, have you interviewed any former governors general or lieutenant lieutenant governors? Yeah. Not at this time, no. uh, Richard. We're, we're, we gave it our focus to getting uh, the word out, first of all, for what we're doing. And secondly, we're, we're really pushing to get the crowdfunding done. No. Um, I don't want to um, start doing interviews uh, with these people by tipping our hand too quickly. Right, right, right. 
as to what's coming. You but, know, you, uh, but no doubt, in part of your research, you've talked to constitutional attorneys, or you, oh, I have indeed. Yeah, and, and what do they make of this premise? Did, did, did some scoff at it? Did some uh, agree oh, to it? Every, every single one of them said, "No, you're crazy. That can't be." Every single one. Every right. single one. But they'll forget. They make their living uh, making sure that we don't find out the truth. If I, I had a I had a wonderful meeting, friend of a friend, um, he's, he's an extremely well-known attorney here in uh, in Ontario. Um, he's a litigating attorney, and uh, I sat down with him one afternoon, and we had a chat about what we were doing. And, and he laughed and laughed, and I said, "I'd love to have you. Love to put you on camera, and love to ask you a few questions." And he he, he went very pale at that point mm-hmm. and said, "No." I, I can think of one attorney who probably is uh, totally on side because you mentioned the Comer case, and this was to do with the Bank of Canada Act, and we've had Rocco Galati on this program. I had him on Coast to Coast. Mm-hmm. Caused, caused quite a stir there. Uh, what is, if, if you've talked to Rocco Galati, what does he make of this? Well, I actually uh, I had uh, mentioned only in passing to Rocco, and, and I suggested that uh, uh, because we, we were at the uh, – at the press conference, uh, the last press conference they had for for Comer, and I suggested that at some point in the not too distant future, if he would be interested to sit down on camera and we could do an interview, he gave me his card and said, "Give me a call." So I will be doing that. Right. Um, any any politicians, former MPs that you've talked to, for example, someone you mentioned the Comer case. So let's 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 talk about the uh, the Honorable Paul Hellier. Um, what does he make of this? If, you, if, if you've if you've talked to him, I actually um, never mentioned the Mythos candidate to him. I did actually go see him speak um, earlier this year. Uh, very interesting because he was uh, there to talk about uh, the Bank of Canada, etc. Mm-hmm. And I did go up and I congratulated him for that, but I never never did mention the myth at, at, at that time, simply because he, there were so many other people around that he was busy. He's 93 years old as well. Indeed, indeed, but still sharp as a whip. Remarkable. Indeed he is, and, and he is definitely somebody that we would like to speak with, uh, and I do have a contact that uh, that can get us there for that. So. Um, I mentioned uh, you know some, some interesting things that, that uh, our current uh, Prime Minister has uh, mm-hmm. s- said, uh, and um, he referred to Canada, you probably heard this, as the first post nation state uh basically meaning you know we are Canadians like to you know young millennials like oh we're citizens of the world and we're you know this is just a, this is the uh an admission from an out and out globalist and i don't have a lot of time for globalists i think you know if you're not if you don't buy into the idea of a nation state i have a serious problem with you uh, you know, I'm not one of these one-worlders who believe, who doesn't believe in borders. You know, these open, you know, no border people, and that's sort of George Soros' whole game. You know, no borders. It drives me insane. It's it's traitorous. Well, let me let me let me respond to that by by saying there's. I'm going to talk about the three elements of sovereignty, and to show you just what it is to have a. The jure government. So the three elements of sovereignty are land under your feet, uh, the, the ability to raise a military, and uh, the ability to issue your own currency. Right, correct. So in Ottawa, the Parliament buildings sit on land, but who owns the land? You tell the number me. one. You tell me, Doc. Who owns that land? Well, the land is under dispute. The Algonquin Indians and the province of Ontario own that land. All right. Where it's under dispute between the province of uh, 
Ontario and the Algonquin Indians. But the province of Ontario collects $2.7 million a year in rent from the federal authority every year. So when Mr. Trudeau says that we are not a nation state, he isn't lying. We're not. Right, right. But I think what he meant, he meant, he meant, yes, he was telling the truth, but he was also, you know, meaning it, we are a post-nation state, meaning, you know, we're not, another term that gets thrown around a lot these days is uh, enlightened sovereignty, uh, which basically means, well, we're globalists, we don't believe in the nation state, but we're not going to tell you that. So in the, in sort of, it's the old gradual, gradualist strategy, incrementalism. Uh, we'll start calling it, we'll start referring to it as, uh, enlightened sovereignty because enlightened sovereignty leads ultimately to, you know, no sovereignty. Well, and do you know where sovereignty comes from, uh, Richard? The sovereign, uh, the crown. No. No? Sovereignty comes from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Ah. And God created man, and God created man in his own image. And God gave man dominion over the earth. Mm. All that creepeth on its surface, flieth in its skies, swimmeth in its ocean. What's dominion? What's dominion? What 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 is meant by dominion? Um, all land under God, I guess. No. It, it, well, you ha- we, if we have dominion, we are the highest authority on planet Earth. Right. Right. Okay. And we are given that by God. But right. because we are finite beings, we we live. We're born, and then we die. So what has he endowed us with? He has endowed us with unalienable rights. Correct. Correct. Which we've and sort of totally lost in this rights? They're the rights of a sovereign. That's right. Right. They so can't we be... They weren't there created no by man, and they can't be... Light. T- yeah. The only entity in the universe that can take that away from us is God himself. That's right. And that's the problem we have in this country and you, and you can you can you see it and hear it everywhere where people refer to everything that we have uh as a privilege. Uh and not understanding that privileges uh are created by man, they could be taken away by man. And this to me is a very scary idea. Uh so when you remove a creator out of the equation, there are no more inalienable rights. Uh there are just privileges. So we exist at the uh, the behest of governments, which is de facto government, not yeah. de jure. Right. Once again, there. And, and when people say government, then people lose what really it is, and it isn't de facto government. Isn't de jure government is. All right, let's uh, grab a phone call. Our uh, good friend, media scientist Nelson Thalps, uh, joining the conversation. Nelson, welcome. How are you, my friend? Thanks, uh, Rich. Very good. It's it's a great topic, and um, we've always said Canada's a colony, uh, certainly of the British Crown, and they owned all the land here. Is what we always said. But Doug is disputing that we're we're not we're no longer a colony. We're just sort of a we're a, well we well you explain, Doug. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Well, the thing is, every peace officer still takes an oath to Her Majesty and the Privy Council. Is Mike Pitfield was the one who, on behalf of the, Her Majesty, in effect, uh, ran our government. And 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 remember, the Queen's prorogued Parliament, so they can't do business without her approval. 
All right, Doug, uh, respond. Because it's her corporation. Don't forget, it is a Crown corporation. Let me read you something very quickly here. From the Statute of Westminster, Section 11 of the statute raises each province of Canada from a position of colony to that of a sovereign state. Section 11 is as follows. The meaning of colony in future acts, notwithstanding anything in the Interpretations Act 1889, the expression colony shall not, in any act of Parliament of the United Kingdom passed after the commencement of this act, being the statute of Westminster, include a dominion or any province or state forming any part of a dominion. Uh, so Nelson, you were um, you were talking to Doug. Uh, you're asking Doug. Um, well, stating your case that we are a colony, and so now I've, I've gone and confused myself again. Doug, are we a colony or are we a corporation or are we both? Well, we are sovereign peoples on a land mass known as Canada. And the corporation that was uh, done in 1982 is de facto governance over over us at this time through our consent. And I'll ask uh, the gentleman this. I said, yes, the police, yes, the politicians, they all swear allegiance to the queen. But where is the documentation that shows that we, the people of Canada, have given our sovereignty over to her? And you're saying it doesn't exist? Correct. It does not exist. Okay. But she still owns everything, doesn't she? No? Okay. Well, she owns it because she's de facto at this time. We seek de jure government. They can't stand, and hence, where does the ownership come? It comes back to who it actually belongs to, us. All right. Nelson, did you want to respond to that? But, Doug, for laws to get made, and uh, it, it can't be made without her consent, and if we want to put through some laws that aren't going to gain her consent, you can't sue her in the courts here. You can't sue her in the court seat, so she's above the law. There's no doubt about it. It's not a matter of debatable interpretation. Right now, she's above the law. You can't go into a court in Canada and sue the Queen. Here's the, here's the problem that, you, that you're going through, Malcolm. Is it's Nelson. Nelson. Inside the box, yeah. and I'm, I'm talking about what's going on outside the box. When you create a constitution for a de jure government, you're not standing in the box. You're not asking permission of a de facto government to create a de jure government. You're actually going ahead and creating a de jure government to the detriment of that de facto government. There, Doug, they can't Doug, do anything. Seen, Doug, have you seen the Yes Prime Minister? Have you seen Humphrey there? And yeah, the control through the, through the Privy Council, through the law societies and through et cetera, the, the Privy Councils, Her Majesty's Privy Councils. The lines of power are, for people who are power scientists, the lines of power and force are right there. You can see it. Well, I think I don't think Doug is, uh, forgive me, Doug, but I, uh, just to sort of expedite things, I don't think you're disagreeing with Nelson in principle, but you're saying that, that that power that they have is de facto, it's not de jour, and we can quickly reverse that if we wanted to. Correct. That's absolutely correct, and and Malcolm, you, you, what you're what you what you are saying, you're standing inside the box. That's what I'm saying, and, and what I'm saying is we stand outside the box. We don't we don't need to ask their permission. As a matter of fact, we are the sovereigns. We they at best need to ask our permission. And by the way, if you ever go to court or you ever get pulled over, you get a, a, get asked by a police officer, what's the first thing they ask you for? Your permission. How are they doing that? They're asking for your name. They need your consent to proceed against you. If they didn't, if it was de jour, they could simply put put you uh, in in handcuffs and take you to jail, could they not? Hmm, well, they do that. Yeah, if you don't present identification, they can charge you with vagrancy, can't they? Well, and then once again, they go to Doug, court. Doug, they went into they my house without a search permit, 
and and just arrested me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that the whole idea, though, is that you've consented to their jurisdiction at some point in order for them to proceed against you. When you showed up in court, just by showing up, right. don't so even aren't have to be mincing words here? Aren't we mincing words? The power of the crown is enormous. She's above the law, and she can do what she likes. You don't want to. You want to know. You don't want to get in her way. Only if you consent to her. That's the only way that she can proceed against you. They can't proceed against you through non-consent. And that well, then goes on and on and on. But I just, that's, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise anyone to try and test that theory, though, Doug. <laughs> I wouldn't advise anyone to try and test that theory. Doug, you live in Canada? <laughs> I do. Oh, okay. Many years. All right, uh, Nelson. Before I let you go, just to give us a quick, yeah. uh, a quick uh, tease. You're coming on the program next week to talk about uh, synthetic clones and doubles and so forth. Yes, I mean the use of doubles is an old-fashioned thing now, and of course, technology is used to do it. The, uh, many of the great men in through history had doubles, and Churchill had a double. Bruce West wrote a book about it, a Toronto Star journalist. So they've all got doubles, and the technology's there. We're going to talk about what technologies are available to them and what they're doing right now with that technology. Excellent. Nelson, looking forward to it. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. All right. Uh, let's see now. Uh, I've lost my screener here temporarily. Uh, is, that, is, that, is that a different William on line one? He was with us earlier, wasn't he? No, this is a different William. All right, William, welcome. One, if it's okay with you. Sorry? It's the same William, if I can proceed. It's oh, it's not, a, it's not a different one. It's the same one. I, just, I think one call per, uh, per, per show, William. I'm, I apologize, but I okay, think we, next we time, thank I appreciate you. it. Okay, thank you. All right. So let's, uh, let's get into, uh, Doug, about how we can, uh, get rid of a de facto government or the system of de facto governments and get back to government de jour, as it was, what, prior to 1931, correct? Well, prior to 1931, we were a colony. We, we, we were a sovereign, uh, but we get, had our sovereignty allegiance to the Queen at that time because we were all British subjects. Right, okay. But isn't that okay. better so than where we're at now? sovereignty with her. Isn't that better than where we're at now? Where we're at now is we're in a, we're in a wonderful position because we, we, we are not sharing our sovereignty with anybody. We are the sovereigns, and we can create a sovereign de jure government. Okay, how do we do that? Let's start with that, the provincially. That, 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 funny enough, we're going to teach that in the film, but in, in, a, in, a, in a simplified version, you really just hold constitutional convention. And what I suggest to, that we're going to be doing in the film is that we we do it at, in, at a grassroots level so that a neighborhood could get together and hold a constitutional convention on one street and then the next street and the next street. They will all hold their own constitutional convention. And then they'll get together as a neighborhood and create a constitution that they'll take to the next neighborhood. And it builds from there. And it really becomes a groundswell where it doesn't, you'd think, oh, it's going to take forever to do that. Actually, once it starts, it's like a, it's like a grass fire in the prairie in the middle of summer. Once it starts, it just continues to grow at, at an enormously fast rate. And the next thing you know, the province is voting for a constitution to seat a de jure government, at which point, if it passes, you have a de jure, uh, a de jure government to be elected. Um, but you're, but it, when you say, if it passes, passes by whom? The legislature? Oh, no, the people of the province. So the constitutional committee that will create that would take the, the, the constitutions from all the various neighborhoods into the various cities, into the various towns, into the various municipalities, 
will refine, refine, refine all of that down to a singular constitution that will go to vote for the will of the people across that province. And it depends on what the constitution will say is what would be the majority vote. You could have it a 50% majority vote, you could have it a 75% majority vote like they do in the U.S., or you could have it at 100% majority vote if you so choose. Once that majority is reached, the Constitution stands in law. Now you have what they call law of the land, rather than law of the sea, admiralty, which we have today. But who's going to recognize that? We the people. All right, but what if the de facto government ignores it, which I would be inclined to think would happen? They would say, well, we don't recognize that. That's fine. They, they're allowed to not recognize uh, what we have, because don't forget that the police uh, that the de facto government used to have on their side helped us create, because they were participants within the constitutional creation. So those same police officers can be brought under the de jure government and have the de facto government arrested if it decides not to go gently into that good night. It's a wonderful fantasy, but isn't it just that? I mean, I... I is that, how is that Stranger practical? things have happened. Do you, yeah. do you recall in, in, in 1776 there were the 13 crazy little colonies in, in, in the United uh, that, were, that were going to become the United States of America? Right. And they decided to take on the largest empire in the world at that time. So, but only 3% of them decided to take it on, and they beat them. Right. That was, that was a revolution, though. That was a fantasy. That was revolution, though. I mean, you're not advocating revolution, are you? I'm not advocating that the, the, the gun, do you have to take out the gun? I'm saying that the actual pen here in Canada is much mightier than any sword could ever possibly be. Hmm. Here's the other Was problem. Was it John though. F. Kennedy that said if you can't have peaceful revolution, you'll definitely have a bloody revolution? Right, right. But I don't know. I don't sense the mood for that in this country because, you know, we may be, we may not be a country, but most People. I mean, there are obviously there's there's some problems in this country. There are some issues, but most people, by and large, are pretty well off, pretty comfortable. Uh, the the, really? the system works for most people, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised, uh, Richard, the amount of people that have have been contacting uh, me through this process, and I just thought, you know, okay, we'll get one or two. We're getting literally avalanches of people going, finally, finally, somebody is standing up to say something. There's definitely something wrong. And and, and people from, you know, it doesn't matter what walk of life they're in. Uh, my bank teller um, had, I, I gave her the information for, uh, go, go check us out. Not only did she, <laughs> next time I go to the bank, she said, not only did I check you out, but I, I gave it to my mom, my dad, my brothers, and they've all gone on. And so it's catching on that we know there's something wrong here in Canada. And now we, with, with the myth is Canada coming out the way it's coming out, people are going to be able to say, oh, that's what's wrong. And there's a peaceful way to take it all back. Oh, I, I'm, I'm overjoyed to hear that. I mean, I'm... I, I, I'm... I'm uh, I'm very hopeful, you know. All right, I, this is certainly would be my wish because I I agree there is something wrong. Um, I, I, my I guess 
the way that I interpret what's wrong is I just think that we have globalists in charge of this country. We're, you know, we, the, that this whole populist movement, and I don't think it's going to die, and, and um, love or hate Trump, he's a manifestation of that. We also have a populist movement pushing back now in Europe in places like Poland, uh, in, in, uh, in Hungary, Hungary in, in, Czechoslovakia, in the Czech Republic. Uh, that recently passed their own Second Amendment. Can you believe that? Uh, mm-hmm. And also in, uh, well, we, certainly in the opposition in places like Holland. There is a populist uprising. There is a populist mood sweeping the globe, but it seems to have cont- entirely bypassed our country because we are a post-nation state, apparently. <laughs> well, and it, it hasn't bypassed. The conservative people are very conservative, as you know, and the, and the liberals or um, well, the, the, the liberal people um, are very vocal, and they go out and they march. But the conservatives stay at home, mm. and they they tend to their garden, and they you know change the oil on their car. But they all know, and don't forget that as it progresses down this road, don't what, what's coming. And what started in 2008 with the collapse of the um, Federal Reserve note denominated as the U.S. dollar is now coming to its fruition. And the global stage is being set for uh, that to lose its reserve status. And when it does, it will reach its intrinsic value of zero. And people will then go through a time of suffering and chaos if they're not careful. What we're delivering here is the message of how to, instead of having the globalists, as you call them, come in and go, oh, it's chaos, we have uh, a way to fix that, but you're going to have to enslave yourselves to us in perpetuity, and your children and your children's children and your children's children, but we're going to feed you. It's not going to be good food, but we'll feed you. Yes, soil and green. We'll put, <laughs> Listen, we'll I've got to take a, I gotta take a time out, Doug. It's not going to be a house or anything, but it'll be a tarp and a couple of pieces of string and a couple of poles. Exactly. Listen, I've got to take a time out. We'll come back, and I will also take some phone calls. Doug Force, The Myth is Canada. What say you? Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. If you're a fan of this radio program and the Strange Planet podcast, why not show it off by wearing Strange Planet apparel or drinking from a Strange Planet mug? Check out all the great Strange Planet merch in my Strange Planet shop. Just go to the website, strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca, and click on Shop in the menu. There's a huge selection of men's and women's t-shirts. You like crop circles or the Mayan calendar? Gotcha covered. Are you into the Anunnaki? Wait till you see these designs. My favorite right now, lions do not lose sleep over the opinions of sheep. And one of our best sellers right now, Truth Gets You Crucified on the front and a passage from Matthew chapter 23 on the back. So many great t-shirt designs, I don't know where to begin. There's women's leggings and tote bags and of course, mugs. Great gifts for family and friends who listen and love this show. My Strange Planet shop. Visit today and often. Just go to strangeplanet.ca and check it out. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as self-evident. Self-evident. You're listening to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Doug Force, executive producer, is here to tell us how we can move from de facto governments across Canada, which is what we have, to governments de jour. Now, 
this would take, again, a tremendous grassroots movement, and that is uh, constitutional conventions, um, sort of block by block, neighborhood by neighborhood, city by city, county by county, uh, province by province. Um, and uh, he says, while it may sound fantastical, remember, go harken back to 1776, and, um, you know, a, a collection of small colonies took on the greatest empire in the world and won. He's not suggesting that this would be achieved um, with a bloody revolution. He's saying it can all be done with the mighty pen. Let's uh, grab a call here for Doug Force. Lisa is in Woodstock. Lisa, good morning. Oh, hi, Richard. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Um, Richard, I had three questions, actually, for, for you and your guest. All right. Uh, the first question uh, was a follow-up on what Nelson Fall asked, actually, and he didn't follow it up. And that is, uh, for your guest, is he actually a Canadian citizen. Doug, are you a Canadian, a Canadian citizen? citizen? Yes. Yes, I have to uh, have uh, citizenship uh, because I have a passport. I do a lot of traveling for my work. So, yes. You have a Canadian passport? I do. Oh, okay. Did you have another question? Yeah, this, I'll just give you the second question. The second question is, is, uh, is your guest not actually promoting what I would call sedition, which is the incitement of resistance or to or insurrection against an unlawful authority? Is what I'm doing sedition? Sedition. And it, they could look at it as sedition, but they are also de facto unlawful and illegal. What I'm actually suggesting is very simple. Let's see the de jure government and uh, and get rid of these unlawful and illegal de facto governments. Yeah. And if that's sedition against the uh, unlawful and illegal government, then my crime of sedition is there. You know, city by city and street by street. Resistance, if you will, against the government. To me, that's sufficient. He's talking about no. He's not talking about resistance. He's talking about a constitutional uh, convention. Correct. To just simply create a constitution that seats a de jure government. I'm not saying that you should go up and grab a gun and and resist the government that you have today. That will get you nowhere. It will get you dead very quick if you if you were to try that, or if you were to try to um, undermine them in any way. Uh, that would also get yeah. Let's be clear. Let's re, let's be clear about this. Doug, as, as, as no time has he ever suggested anything of the sort. Uh, Lisa, he is talking about uh, organizing ourselves into small groups uh, and and creating a grassroots constitution, one that would be welcomed by. Uh, at a provincial level eventually. You know, that it would start at the street level. It would start a few houses at a time and, and, and then it would move, uh, you know, to the neighborhoods and then eventually across the city and so forth. How would you propose to get this enacted as a country? Well, here's the thing. Um, we have, uh, all the provinces are already uh, sovereign nations without de jure government. And with my seating a de jure government within the provinces, then each province, the province of British Columbia, will become the sovereign nation of British Columbia. The province of Ontario will become the sovereign nation of Ontario. At which point, um, at, at, at that point, they can all come together if they so choose and hold a constitutional convention to create a federal authority that could be called Canada. But that's okay. up to the will so of now, the people. If, if you are going to draft these constitutions, right? I'm not drafting um, them, my dear. And, and the government decides that this is not a good thing for the country, and they pass legislation that outlaws you doing that. How are you going to stop that? 
I'm not drafting a single constitution. No, no, I know you're not. You're suggesting people do it in your in Correct. your in your movie. I'm just saying if people are drafting these constitutions uh, uh, city by city and so on, and the government finds out that they're doing this, and the government decides to pass legislation making it illegal, how are you going to stop that? Well. I'm not going to stop anything. Um, no, I'm not would talking be the about you. I'm talking about be... the people that you're suggesting should do this. <laughs> no, 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 no. It would be the will of the people that would stop that. Um, if suddenly the government says you can't, you cannot form a de jure government that is is through your will. What do you think 32 million people in Canada would do to half a dozen? maybe 40 or 50 politicians. What do you think would happen to them? 32 million people are told they can't have their sovereignty because they are creating these laws that says you can't do that. Further to Elisa's point from Woodstock, and I had raised this earlier with you, Doug, what happens if the de facto government doesn't recognize uh, what uh, this grassroots constitutional convention that uh, creates a government du jour, and and, and um, just to sort of, again, expedite things, I think your point was, well, listen, if everyone's on board, everyone would include members of the military, members of the police, perhaps even members of you know the judiciary, other, you know, other politicians that wake up to the fact that we are living under de facto governments, not governments du jour. So the only people left on the other side representing the de facto government would be, you know, the elected, the the, the, the members of parliament. Uh, they would have, you know, they would have no underpinning. Is that pretty much... Uh, That's pretty much it. I yeah. mean, once... Once you go into the process, it would be absolutely dead foolish for them to say that you can't create a constitutional government because it would expose that to, e to the people that were sidelined sitting going, well, I don't really want to get involved. Now, suddenly, the federal authority says you can't do that. Right. The, the, the big obstacle to this, the, the big obstacle is making, is waking people up to and making them understand what the difference is between de facto and de jour, I think. The myth is Canada. Right, there, there you go. Is. All right, let's say hi to Grant, who's out in British Columbia. Uh, good evening. Yes, uh, I just wanted to make a few comments about some of the people who have been calling in regarding, uh, you know, this fear they seem to have uh, with uh, authority. And uh, this authority, uh, as uh, Doug says, comes from these de facto governments, which we have basically allowed to to control our lives. I mean, we are the sovereign. Uh, Doug, you've talked about this. We are the sovereign. God created us, he put us on this planet, and gave us all these rights. And if we don't exercise those rights, then obviously somebody's going to come along and take them away from us. So uh, with what you're saying, uh, and I fully understand what you're doing, because I've been involved in a lot of this research myself too, is that people have to start thinking about who is the sovereign here. We, you know, this, you know, we are the sovereign. This body we have that we walk around and... Uh, and uh, that's been given to us by our Creator. You know, we have these rights, and nobody can take them away without our informed consent. And this is what we've done in the past: is we've given away our consent and made ourselves subservient to these powers. Well, this is part yeah. of the. This is part of, I believe, the deception and the and the conspiracy, if you will, to drive yeah. God from the public square. It's because when you remove the Creator, then you destroy the concept of inalienable rights. Most. If you talk to millennials, they don't even understand the concept of inalienable rights because they don't even know God. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, Grant, thank you for that. Tony's in Toronto. Let's work Tony in. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. Um, very interesting program, but I'm 100% uh, with Doug. 
because I always said, like, from for example, you getting your citizenship, you're making, uh, you swearing a um, allegiance to even her grandkids. That's not even there yet. Right, We're swearing allegiance to the why queen and her and her heirs. Yes, that's why correct. are we swearing alliance to uh, some people across the pond in the UK? That's ridiculous. So I'm one hundred percent with what Doug suggests. Well, we, the people, aren't actually um, giving uh, the Queen a- any allegiance at all. It's uh, it's her uh, governance or the government uh, that we we elect. Here's the funny thing: we are allowed to elect those people, but they don't represent us exactly. uh, whatsoever in what we do here. And of course, you could see on on YouTube, uh, Mr. Justin Trudeau uh, swearing allegiance uh, to the Queen and her hair. He's a puppet. I don't like the guy. I know his dad very, very well as a teenager, when I was, even before I was a teenager. But uh, he's a puppet. I don't like him. No, I don't. I don't think a lot of people do, unless you're a, a, a liberal. But here's here's the here's the. Here's I'm the a liberal. liberal. <laughs> <laughs> here's the right, thank you for the admission, Tony. Go ahead, Doug. Yes. I was going to say, in 1893, there was a little law, a statute law revision act that was created by the UK Parliament that uh, that uh, uh, removed the Section 2 of the British North American Act, um, and it came into, uh, Section 2 was the monarch of Canada, where heirs uh, and uh, in perpetuity was removed from the British North American Act, and in 1901, when Queen Victoria died, uh, she was the last queen or monarch for Canada. Now, the the English Parliament between 1901 and 1931 never reenacted that clause, and after 1931, it was the, the British North American Act was null and void, and they had no claim to enact anything at that point in Canada at all. For and, and to this day, and you know, um, one of the things you said that's very important that people don't think about: we never get a chance to vote on the Constitution before it, it takes over our life because it has nothing to do with you. It's not your Constitution. Right. In other words, it was not. It, it was not. It wasn't for us. It was just for the puppet. I mean, Ottawa. Right. It was not uh, voted on that, by the. That's by why the I agree with you. Because I was well, in high it, school, I was one of those students who write and say what the Constitution means. My well, Tony, in, thir- in thirty-two-one A and B, it's very clear that the charter applies only to the federal authority and to the provincial authority. That's the government. That's what I told my children and my and, and my friends. All right, Tony. Great uh, hearing Thank from you. you thanks, thanks Thank for you. checking in. I hope you'll call again. Thanks. So let's in the in the time that remains, Doug. Let's talk about again how we get this uh, how we get this movie made. I mean, uh, in addition to making the movie, because I think you know, obviously it's important to make the movie. I think it, if it ever gets to the big screen, and I, I sincerely hope that it does, um, I think it'll make a huge splash. Uh, but but. Is, don't we have to go further than that? I mean, it, it, we're talking about really changing people's entire reality and their whole perspective, which is a very difficult thing to do. Um, I mean, what else? I mean, are, is are, is there another way in addition to the movie of educating people about this? Well, we are going to, as as we progress with the movie itself, we're having a companion website or an interactive website ah, built with the movie. 
movie that will will have webinars uh, that will be running uh, during the uh, during the uh, post production of the movie itself, and then after the movie is released, we'll continue to run webinars. There'll be PDF documentation up there on teaching people. A, what is a constitution? B, what is a constitutional convention? C, what is a de jure versus a de facto government? All downloadable. We're going to have boilerplate constitutions up there so people can actually download them and and fill in the blanks. And if they don't know what to put in the blanks, we'll have uh, uh, PDF documentation uh, of all the various ideas that you can actually put into a constitution to create a de jure government. So it really, uh, really is very hands-on what we're looking at doing it's not just the movie um what, what about the idea of helping communities to organize to elect their their constitutional delegates that will the, the the explanation on how to do these things it will be in there we'll hold webinars and teaching people how to do that but to actually come into the communities unless invited um I'd, I'd be delighted to do that if i was invited to do that i wouldn't just show up no no um and start preaching from the town square that's for sure no no i'm, I'm saying you know uh, uh giving people instructions on how they could uh, yeah. organize themselves and and uh, what about a um, something a little more f- frequent and interactive I know I th- I'm, I'm giving you lots of ideas and, and making more work for you but and as if a film isn't enough it's a huge undertaking but I'm just trying to think about what about like a weekly podcast or a weekly some sort of a podcast where where um, because those things that you know how viral they, they can go and podcasting is getting ready to explode uh, uh, go ahead well, I was going to say, um, I'm, I'm getting a lot of invites to uh, to get on. I was on um, uh, Hugh Riley's uh, Liquid Lunch last week. Yes. Um, and by the way, Hugh says to say hello to you now that I'm on the air he's with you. He's doing great stuff. Yes, please say hi that to that Hugh. At okay. And he's, I, he has me back on uh, this Wednesday on Liquid Lunch again for another, and he wants to do an hour this time, uh, this Wednesday. I've had invitations from across Canada now. Uh, three different radio stations have invited me to, to come on and, and and do uh, time uh, for them. I know that as that gets further and further out, it's going to increase a lot from that. And once we get the movie into post-production and we're able to um, to start running webinars on the interactive website and, and taking that into distribution from there, then it, we, we do expect it to go viral at that point. And webinars are a great tool because yes. they're interactive. True. So you're not just preaching through a podcast of what's happening, but you're actually taking in questions uh, immediate, and, and you're, you're explaining, and you can have your documentation up there through uh, uh, through um, PowerPoint documentation, and and actually teach people um, how to do what it is that they need to do uh, me, in in real time. I think it's fabulous. I think you're um, you're doing uh, the Lord's work here. And I, I fully get behind it in any way I can. Let me ask you, uh, just a couple, a couple of minutes here, but let's say, for example, you wanted to educate a sitting member of parliament or a member of provincial parliament and wake them up as to what's going on. Um, what would you, let's, you know, give them the elevator pitch uh, to explain to them why they are essentially... Um, I don't know, living a lie? If I, <laughs> I don't know how else I would de- to put that delicately. Well, give them the elevator pitch to explain to them what, what's going on. Well, and, and, and if I, and I have spoke to politicians in the past, and they're not the, they're not the brightest um, 
um, they're not sharpest tools in the shed. Let's put it that way. So you have to kind of be a little forceful with them. And I would I would suggest to them that uh, door number one is the door to the gallows. Door number two is the door to freedom and a jure government. Your, it's your choice. Wow, <laughs> that's pretty uh, pretty direct, I'd say. And have you ever spoken to a politician? I'm you know sure what? You oh, well, listen, I want to be I want to be kind. There are there are some very listen. There are some very bright politicians. Oh, yeah, a lot of them right. are lawyers. They're very sharp minds. But I, I I guess what we're saying is, you know, to try and trying to wake people up who are in a deep deep sleep. Some people just don't want to be woken up. You know what did what did Jesus say? Let the dead bury the dead. Uh, you you some people just don't want to have their eyes open because they're, they're, they're very comfortable in their well-appointed cages. You know, Richard, that, that's fine, and there's nothing wrong with that. They don't have to participate because what happens to those that don't participate, the world passes them by, and they're not going to be a party to what's coming. And that's fine. That's their choice. So I can't force that old, that old adage, take a horse to water, you can't make them drink it. True, true. Well... I wish you nothing but success uh, with this project. Again, how can people donate to uh, the crowdfunding campaign to make this documentary, The Myth is Canada, uh, come into reality? Well, NephilimFilms.com, N-E-P-H-A-L-E-M, Films.com. Uh, on the uh, opening page, there's a donation tab in the upper right-hand corner. You press that, and you can donate through PayPal, uh, through uh, e-transfer, uh, through Cryptocurrency, we take Ether and Bitcoin. And also, if you have a credit card and you want to go on Indiegogo, we have uh, set up on Indiegogo where we are where we actually have perks that you can actually get: T-shirts, hats, uh, water bottles, etc. Um, uh, for your donation through uh, Indiegogo. Again, it's nephilimfilms.com. N e p h a l e m. Nephilim Films. Com. Doug, thank you so much for the last two hours. All the best. We'll talk again. And again, I'm all in. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate you having me on your show uh, yet again. <laughs> all right. Doug Force. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe at strangeplanetpodcast.com.